Good evening, uh, ladies and gents. So uh, we're going to take a short break from our usual liberty-oriented content, and we are. I'm joined by Nick and uh, the great Ace Arkist. Um, he's the co-host of the Slurp Gang podcast and also the champion of Twitter debates. And it's rumored <laughs> he does not sleep. So we're gonna we're gonna give you a little Star Wars power hour. So I we hope you're ready to nerd out. So Ace, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. I, I'm so glad I'm going to be able to rant about something other than anarchism or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sam, yeah, I, I was like, you know, it's our first live stream and I have like this uh, this weird feeling of nerves. But in reality, like Star Wars is my wheelhouse. It's like my earliest memories. Right. And I've, you know, I've been <laughs> obsessed with economics and politics for like five to ten years. I mean, really down the rabbit hole for five years. But Star Wars, that's like going back to age four. So, right. Maybe we'll yeah. start there. So, Ace, what was your uh, what was your like first exposure to Star Wars? Were you like me, oh, where God. you watched like the OT when you were like a toddler? Yeah, I, I I watched the OT when I was very young. I have the VHS box set somewhere, like the old VHSs uh, somewhere around here. I don't know where they are, but yeah, I watched the OT and I watched the prequels. I don't know which one I watched first because back then it's all sort of a blur. You know, it's like you know, Star yes. Wars was just like always there, so I now don't have an entry point really to speak of. Dude, that's that's like usually one of the first things I tell to like older fans or younger fans or people that got into Star Wars later. I feel robbed because I it's like I've always known that Vader was Luke's dad. Like yeah. I always knew it. I don't remember right. like the big reveal. It was so it's kind of bullshit, you know, yeah, that I, right. my parents let me watch it before I was like 10. But um but yeah, no. So you guys you're you said you're 25, Tyler's 30, I'm 27. Yeah. So we've we all kind of grew up like with the prequels as a uh, uh, you know, there's nostalgia there. We're not haters like the boomers. No, yeah, no, I, I'm a big prequel respecter. You know, after I watched the Clone Wars, especially, mm -hmm. like yes. I had to immediately go back and rewatch the prequels, and I appreciated them so much more. Oh yeah, no, me, I had the exact same experience, exact same experience because Clone Wars really context recontextualizes the prequels into more of a cohesive unit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you yeah. just watch the prequels, I can understand where people are like, well, this doesn't really make a lot of sense. But when you go back and you watch Clone Wars, which if someone uh, watching right now has not watched, it's on Disney Plus. The entire series is there. Uh, it's great. You should. I definitely recommend it. If you once you watch Clone Wars, the whole entire prequel um, series gets recontextualized, and you can appreciate it so much more. Yeah, and Jar Jar is very limited. So if that's, that's right, your gripe, then he's <laughs> then you're good. Yeah. You know? But uh, no, so, I mean Clone Wars. I, I there's always like this stigma where I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna watch a fucking kids show. <laughs> but then you watch it, and it's like when you can get past that and swallow your uh -huh. pride. I mean, we're already Star Wars fans, so you kind of right. have to do that. So, but then it's like, yeah, you can enjoy it. Like it does add so much context, like General Grievous and that kind of shit, and then just yeah. like the lore of the universe in general. That's right. Yeah. And I always think that's kind of funny, too, because it's like we all started watching Star Wars when we were kids, you know, so it's always kind of funny when, you know, people say, oh, yeah, you know, I don't want to watch Clone Wars because it's a kid show. But ultimately, we got into Star Wars as a kid's adventure type thing. You know what I mean? In some yeah, way. yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's like you they they know that like they know that they can ride that nostalgia. That's right. And, and, you know, I mean, like I just finished yesterday watching Rebels, uh -huh. which was fun. I mean, yeah. it's it was like the same kind of, and you could say the same thing about the Mandalorian where it's sort of like a, a little bit predictable. Like, you know, mm -hmm. nobody's going to get killed by a stormtrooper. You know that right. there's going to be side quests so they can get the next MacGuffin, but yeah. it's still, it's still fun nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. 
And maybe we should preface this. Uh, if you haven't watched any of these, but you intend on it, you might want to turn this off now because we're going to throw some spoilers out. Oh, there. yes. <laughs> I, I was actually going to uh, bring that up because I intend, yeah. if, it, if it's okay, I do intend to like spoil things as we're talking about them. So if you, yeah, yeah. good warning. Good warning. Yeah, I, I figured we, we would get that out of the way. And also shout out to Small Crimes for uh, putting the mega thread out there and making the, in a way, making this happen. So, <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, she put the the mega thread out there, and this all came to fruition out of that. But anyways, back to Star Wars. Yeah, so I figured that we could start with, uh, like, I feel like the the plot of the prequel trilogy is so underrated. Like, it is truly, mm-hmm. it's it, like George Lucas kind of captured the story of every republic turned empire. Like, it's Rome, it's the U.S., it's all of these things, and people, you know, shit on the the prequels, like all the boomers and everything. And they don't respect like how good that backstory is. Like they just get hung up on, you know, Lucas's terrible dialogue where I actually heard a story. I forgot who I think it was maybe like that star Wars theory guy on YouTube saying that basically by the time the prequels were made, everybody was so afraid of George Lucas that nobody told him, like nobody gave him (laughs) any critical feedback. They're just like, I like sand or I hate sand. Yep. That sounds Good, good dialogue. <laughs> so that's why that's why the cringe is in there. Yeah, I, I you know, hopping off of that, I, I think the prequel, the, the story underneath the prequels is actually fantastic. I think it's great. I think the execution is a little sloppy. You know, I think that's that's a very fair criticism. But the actual story underneath it with like the political intrigue and the, just the story of the Jedi themselves, right? Because I feel like one of the things when people watch the prequels and they're so like disappointed is that they're, I feel like sometimes they watch them thinking the Jedi are going to be like these heroic uh, players. They're going to be like these real heroes. But when you watch the prequels, you're kind of expected to watch them from the f- viewpoint of that, no, this is the Jedi when they're failing, right? This is their f- greatest moment of failure here. And it, it's like, you're not necessarily supposed to look at them as heroes necessarily or, or the good guys traditionally. Yeah, they're they're right. sort of like you. They show off their arrogance, like they were blind because they were so proud and engaging in politics. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and and also like the the Clone Wars does a really good job of kind of tying that all together too. Oh yeah, like where where Yoda has that moment where he talks to Qui Gon and then he realizes yeah. like all this was fucked. Yeah, like, it was. No, <laughs> no one wins in war. Yeah, they were doomed to fail from the start as soon as they started playing the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, out of out of all the prequel characters, really the only like uh, from the start, really the only like really like heroic and good character, like in the sense that you would view as a hero is Qui-Gon, in my view, like from the prequels. Right. And everyone there, like like even Obi-Wan, who is a good hero and a character, he's still kind of blinded in the same way that the rest of the Jedi are blinded by everything. Yeah. Obi-Wan is just kind of like naive, but he's still like, you know, his his allegiance is to the Republic and everything, but Uh he's, but yeah, Qui-Gon was based from episode one. I mean, all the way just to the end of episode one, because he (laughs) killed him off. But, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, Qui-Gon, yeah, he had it down. And the other thing about the prequels, is it details like in the original trilogy, they just make Sidious or the emperor, just this kind of like mysterious guy. Mm -hmm. And you wonder what his backstory is. And then they like the prequels made, Palpatine like the archetypal bad guy and he's compelling because his whole grand vision it's like the same reason Thanos was a good bad guy because Mm -hmm. they get into like his psychology like Palpatine you know he wanted order and control he was like this neoliberal sort of just dictator. It kind of reminds me of FDR. (laughs) Yeah. 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 
But yeah, with, nobody with asks legs, working I, legs. <laughs> I want to know what Palpatine's actual policies were. What if he was like a really good minarchist? Like he was just like <laughs> low taxes, <laughs> but then just like the rebels, like just hated one thing. Like he was, you know, he had, you know, prohibition on one substance. And so basically he was like the Calvin Coolidge of the star Wars universe. And they just, they had to fucking overthrow the guy. That's true. The rebels were, they were Marxists. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a Marxist revolution. Yeah. The empire did nothing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's what's interesting is because like, you know, Jordan Peterson talks about the like union archetypes and yeah. why people watch fiction because it kind of like speaks to your subconscious mm-hmm. and all of these like deep things within you. And what's hilarious to me is people like if you went through all the like blue check marks or blue and non, like all these people that were like COVID crazy and you ask them about star Wars, they'd be like, Oh, I fucking love star Wars. But it's like, in reality, they would have had the empire's back. Like they would have been right oh, there. Yeah. They, you know what I mean? The rebels would have been terrorists and domestic, they're, you know, domestic terrorists. So, uh, so that is funny. So they're kind of missing that subconscious theme that, you know, people talk about in fiction. Sure. They're like that meme that was going around Twitter for a while. We're like, look how many jobs the Death Star is creating. Oh, right. <laughs> it's a jobs <laughs> program. Right, yeah. right, yeah. But um, but yeah, no, so so I guess going back to the uh like animated series, mm-hmm. um, or not not the animated series, the one thing I want to talk about was the Obi-Wan series. Like that's coming up, and I think oh, that's yeah. gonna be really good because Disney, if they give control to Dave Filoni, uh-huh. then I have I have hope for the future, a new right. hope. Yeah. But, yeah. but he uh, recently got promoted to like executive producer at Lucasfilm. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they need to get Kathleen Kennedy and whatever her title is and, and all those people. Get the fuck out of there. And then, um, yeah, just the whole Disney thing. Like, they just – they made it so corporate. And the fact that they – like, the disrespect that they had with the sequel trilogy where they admitted there was no plan, that's unforgivable. I mean, they should have, like, an episode 10 where it turns out that, like, the entire sequel trilogy was just, like, a Jar Jar Binks fever dream. Like, it never happened. (laughs) Just, like, wipe it. Just, like, you know, make that canonically true that it never happened because it was just a dumpster fire. Right. Like the worst thing, and I know um, this might be a little bit of a hot take, but I, I place more blame on, well, I obviously get, you know, the, Kathleen Kennedy obviously deserves a lot of blame, but of the directors, I actually place more blame on JJ than I do Ryan, you know, uh, because I feel like he kind of set the whole thing off into that trajectory, you know, and how he capped it off, I think was uh, pretty bad to say the least. Yeah. I, I think I, I share that feeling. Like there's, there's plenty of blame to go around. Cause I mean, episode seven, they basically made, they, they just repackaged a new hope yeah. like verbatim. They didn't, with, they just like better copied special the effects. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Better special effects and, and worse characters and backstories. But, um, and then episode eight, they hand it off to a different guy. Like it's mm-hmm. a fucking relay race and right. he blows up the whole thing. Like, Oh, I'm going to kill your big bad guy. And then uh, what's frustrating to me, nobody makes this criticism of The Last Jedi, but what frustrates me about it is it it covers like no ground. Like it picks up immediately after episode seven and the whole thing is like a 10 hour chase scene or like two day chase scene. It it covers like a day or two. Yes. It it covers no time and then they kill off the characters. They answer no questions. They leave you with more questions and then they hand it back to JJ where he now has to like basically fit a new trilogy into one movie and it comes, it, it shows it's that sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know about you guys, but I think I, I look like I was um, thinking about the most recent trilogy a uh, couple days ago, actually. And I really feel like the rise of Skywalker is the worst movie in the entire franchise. 
like strong personally. argument. I feel like because I feel like it undoes so many things lore wise in the oh, trilogy. It, it, it's just it does damage retroactively to the series. Yeah, it undoes it big time as well as and, and that's why more like you said more blame to JJ because so does episode seven. Like they yes. just so yes. you have this giant revolution where like you know and they live happily ever after. Yeah. And then fast forward thirty years and now like the empire's back under a different banner. Yes. Like they just and yes. the new republic just doesn't count for shit. They they right. don't help in this war. There's just the resistance now with a bunch of purple haired SJWs. Yeah. Like it just doesn't. Oh, it drives me nuts. So I actually, yeah, I, I want to, I've thought about this so much. Uh, that's an amazing point. Um, when I first saw um, Force Awakens in theaters, I had a really good theater experience. And my first time watching, it was like, oh, that was pretty good. You know? And then Same. I thought back on it later on. And I'm like, oh, wow, there's so many problems with this movie. And it really just, I could never get it out of my head. And, and you're exactly right. The problem that uh, Force Awakens causes to the whole entire series is immense, in my opinion, because it undoes all of the victories that the heroes had in the original trilogy, right? Like, like mm-hmm. uh, every single one. Like, uh, Leia did not really successfully create a new Republic. Uh, you know, Han has basically no character development to the point where he's now just the same as he was. He's and a, Luke, yeah, an old rest. version of himself. And the, yeah. <laughs> And Luke, he, his entire order is just gone. The Jedi, right? It's revealed in episode seven that his order is just gone and he went hiding. So they replayed order 66 too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the Jedi order is yeah. just gone. And now it, it, they just wiped the slate clean. And it's like, now, now when you watch the original trilogy, you always have that in the back of your head where it's like, oh yeah, all their victories meant nothing, practically speaking. And it's yeah, really, yeah. yeah. No, and and that's the other like like you said like all of the victories of the original trilogy are gone, and then Han Solo went from being like this selfish badass, like he yeah. was you know he was a he was a bad motherfucker, but he was like really selfish and out for himself, mm-hmm. and then he becomes part of the team and like a general in a righteous war, and then Episode Seven, and it's like he has a son who's really powerful, and then Episode Seven, thirty years later in his twilight years, he's just back to being like a bitch of an old man smuggler. Like he just, he wasn't a war hero. He wasn't any of these things. (laughs) It was like his entire character arc did not happen at all. (laughs) It's just, yeah. Yeah. And that's why Uh, I really want to pitch the fever dream thing. I don't think that they could have made a more whiny bitch of like a semi main character. Cause I, I consider like Luke's cool, but like, he's kind of a whiny bitch, but then, then they come out with, uh, Oh, what's his fucking name? Adam Driver's character. Kylo. I'm drawing a blank. Ben yeah, Solo. Kylo Ren. Yeah. And he's even worse. He's like he's like a My Chemical Romance music video. <laughs> he's, he's like, I'm like, how do you there again? Like they undo, like Darth Vader was like the, one of the baddest motherfuckers of all time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then they set Kylo Ren up to be the villain, but then he becomes a hero in the same a way worse story arc. And like yeah, yeah like there again, they had to bring back Sidious to to even make it like a worthwhile villain. It, and, and they and then what was that in the last Jedi they killed off uh Snoke. Yeah, they just kill yeah. him off. Like that's it. Yeah. And I so, was like, what is going on here? Yeah, with Kylo, I, my my biggest regret is that I feel like there are so many more interesting ways you could have gone with his story arc than they did. So I feel like they chose the least common the lowest common denominator and just went basic with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh and, and also like uh, when they brought back Palpatine, it's like, okay, in some sense, I, I, it was cool seeing Palpatine again on just some like visceral level, but lore wise, I think that just destroys like so many things. Like that's one of the biggest things that just went wrong for me. It's like you undid 
Anakin's arc. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. no other way to say it. You undid Anakin's arc. And that's and, the main story of Star Wars. Uh, and then we know that at the end of episode six, that Anakin is a force ghost. And yep. then while his son is going down this dark path, he just bails and doesn't do anything. And then Luke right. gives up or, or, you know, Luke, Luke Skywalker, who redeemed his, you know, ultimately evil father is right. going to strike down his 14 year old nephew because he had a nightmare. Like it, the whole thing <laughs> is just such a mess. It's so, it's so offensive what they did with that story. And uh, what was the other thing? Well, I mean, I think what they did is they like that whole thing is such trash that the only place they can really, you know, have a good story anymore is kind of what they're doing with the Mandalorian and Obi-Wan series and rebels where there's actually like, okay, this is before the terrible sequel. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, actually, I probably would have something. been okay if, uh, if, you know, they could have kept the social justice nonsense in the, the new newest trilogy. They could have just used Adam or Kylo Ren as just the most toxic masculine example possible. At least then he would have been a good villain, right? Yeah, they just made him a little bitch though. And there was a like just they could have made him like a fucking pirate, raping and pillaging his way through everything, and it would have been better. He would have been a better villain. He would have, and and they could have set up his arc better, and they could have done this even to episode nine, where so okay, do you guys remember the theory after episode seven where Kylo Ren like meets Han Solo on the bridge and then he blasts him with his fucking lightsaber and then he, and then he falls off and then Chewie Uh cries out. So there was that theory that, you know, he was doing this to like commit to the dark side the same way Anakin fucked up all those kids with his lightsaber. It was like, okay, Snoke is getting him to commit to the dark side and do something unforgivable, kill your own father. So you're like sealed to the dark side. But then, so it's like, okay, there was this theory that actually Han Solo was the one that ignited the lightsaber yeah. and took himself out so that he didn't have to have that fate. And then it's like, okay, that actually makes sense. You know, feel however you want about the story, but at least it makes sense. And then they never do that. They like, they never, there's no payoff. Like there's so many loose ends and then unnecessary conclusions. And I mean, we could, we could do like probably 10 hours on all of the faults of this. And actually that one YouTuber, I think his name is uh Mahler. He has a great takedown of like all of the sequel trilogy movies. If you guys haven't seen it. Yeah. It's like eight hours or something. I, I haven't watched it, but I've seen the, uh, his, uh, uh, the length of his reviews. Yeah. Dude, people yeah. were so mad that they bullied that one, uh, one girl off the second movie. Right oh, off Kelly Marie media. Tran. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was overblown. Yeah, like, that no. was. Ugh. And well, it's I not think, her uh, fault that she was a terrible. Daisy character. Daisy Ridley also got off social media. Yeah, yeah. So Star Wars fans, they're unforgiving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they probably also, would have burned burned down Disney Studios if it wasn't for the Mandalorian. Yeah, sometimes and yeah, Rogue One, of the Clone Wars. Yeah. <laughs> And Rogue One, I, I really liked. I watched re yeah. or rewatched Rogue One last weekend, and that still holds up. Like that yeah. is really good. They they tied it in beautifully, and that scene with Vader where he's in the oh, the I hallway. Was, oh, it's beautiful. In the I was I watched that in theaters. I was flying half mast. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, yeah. It just goes dark, and then the red yeah. lightsaber comes out. Yeah, yeah it was Rogue like Rogue a horror great. movie. Yeah, I, I really I like especially on rewatch. I've really started to appreciate Rogue One even more than I did uh, previously. Yeah, I, I need to Rebels. rewatch it again because yeah, the ghost the ghost ship makes a, a cameo in, in Rogue One. Yeah. 
So I got I got to rewatch and pay attention for that. I'm I'm always so hyped about the upcoming Darth Vader scene that like I lose focus. About <laughs> oh right, else. right, yeah, yeah. Wait, the ghost is in uh, is in Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. Oh, where where are they at? Like, where's the like, what it's, scene? I missed it. Uh, the Scarif space battle. Right after yep. they come out of hyperspace, oh. you can see the ghost in like a bottom corner of the frame. Yeah. Shit. Okay. Okay. Yep. That's cool that they worked it in there because I forgot. It's also that they in Rise of Skywalker too when all the ships fly in. It's yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. And yeah, I mean, I think they because did Disney own Rebels from the beginning? That was always Disney. Yeah, that was Disney. Yeah. So uh, was, it, that, was okay. that one of their first ones that they did? Yeah, it, it was right after Clone Wars was canceled uh, because um, there were some of the reasons it's more childish than Clone Wars is because they didn't have Disney Plus yet, and the only place they could place their animated shows was on Disney XD, I believe. So that's so it, it suffered from like a lower age rating, uh, and that, yeah, that's why it's kind of has a much lighter tone than Clone Wars or something like that. Yeah. Okay, okay, I'm, that makes sense. I'm also pretty pumped about the upcoming Ahsoka series. Uh-huh. Because I, I, I haven't, I've read mixed reports, but I, it sounds like they're going to try to tie in how she's going after uh, Ezra, maybe. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. Right. Because they left that, that was a total loose end at the end of Rebels. Yeah, which I think was a good idea. They could they could branch into a whole other story. So I, I like that. It was weird. Like he decides to just like go off when he could have gotten off that ship, but he had to like make sure Thrawn was taken into deep space. Like it, it didn't really make sense. I'm like, uh, okay, I guess it's poetic. It's like it's going for the kind of emotional payoff that you want. But um, let's, uh, I'm, I'm let's read a couple of our... We got a, We got a couple of comments with it being our first live stream. I think the that's great uh, pretty flattering. Yeah. So Omoy Kane says Jay was right. XMR is king and BTC Bitcoin sucks. Also Ace is king. So Jay was wrong and right. I have no idea what the fuck that means. <laughs> so slip gang. Yeah. They're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We we got we got cross platform wars going on. That's now. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I just stepped into something I don't quite understand. And then uh, James Jenneman, who's going to be an upcoming guest on the podcast, said, hey, nerds. What's up, James? Um, yeah, so hopefully we'll be doing uh, more of this moving forward. A lot of the the uh, like live stream breakdowns where we're just kind of hanging out, taking a, a welcome departure from the kind of deep like we'll talk about like austrian business cycle theory and then we'll go like we'll, we'll have some episode where we fuck off and do something completely lighthearted. But um yeah, I, I feel like we kind of skipped over or like I had a, a shitty segue away from the prequels, but going back to the prequels. Yeah. Um, I, I think that like the, the other place where they could add a lot of context and they do this with content or with uh, the comics comic series, which I never read. I'll catch like some videos on YouTube, but between episode one and two, I feel like there's a lot to unpack there with like Dooku and everything. So I think that's like, you know, they could do either a, a live action series or another animated series in the future. Yeah, that's that's a place that's just untouched, basically between one and two. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I yeah, because there's certainly like because you miss everything. Like, because Dooku, in my opinion, like I, I like Dooku, but he's probably uh, the least developed out of all like well, all of the villains in the prequels. Well, yeah. maybe maybe Grievous to a certain extent, but uh, I feel like there's more potential for a lot for Dooku uh, to get fleshed out more. And I know yeah, this because- is a great book, but. Uh, yeah, he's he's like a, you know, a gentleman. Like he was yeah. known as being like this. He was kind of a snob 
And he yeah. was a, they said he was a political, he was, he was like, uh, what do they say in clone wars or not clone wars attack of the clones where Mace Windu's like, um, you know, he's a, he's a political radical, but he's not a killer or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, they could make him, they could make Dooku. Like, you know, he was an anarchist and he <laughs> was just like, you know, he was an ANCAP and, uh, and, you know, he couldn't take the, the Republic's like tax policy or something. I think they could have some fun yeah. stuff there. <laughs> just, <laughs> right, right. just goes fucking raging over the tax policy. Yeah. Right, yeah. He was basically a boogaloo boy. <laughs> they're going to, yeah, they're going to frame the separatists as uh Neo Confederates. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> the, other thing, right. the other thing that's so funny, especially like, I feel like us being our age, we can look back and, and appreciate how funny this was, but the, the trade federation is basically China, like just nakedly, yeah. obviously like they obviously. Have yeah. And it's something you miss when you're a kid, you know, yeah. but look, <laughs> yeah. but even right. Sidious, mm-hmm. it is so good to see you. Like he's just as like, it's just a <laughs> right. Chinese accent. It's not even like an, a kind of Chinese accent. It's like, nope, he's Chinese. Yeah. So that is, uh, and dude, I remember like growing up. So I was five when episode one came out and I actually remember like watching it in theaters and, uh, and like the, uh, the action figures, like I I remember like the smell of the action figures. And I think to this day, they said that star Wars episode one from 99 had the most memorabilia, like merchandise out of any movie in Mm -hmm. film history, which makes sense. I, I mean, I wish I could have been around for the hype. Cause I, I remember being a kid and it's like, Oh, it was a big deal. My older brother was really into star Wars. So I feel like he experienced that. But if you watch like videos or documentaries on it, it's like, this was like one of the biggest events ever. I think it yeah. might still hold some records adjusted for inflation. Dude. I remember that N64 pod racing game. <laughs> Me yes. and my buddies played the shit out of that. I, I'm, I might go buy an N64 in the next week and try to get that game because that game was fucking awesome. Uh, I've been meaning to get an N64 anyway. I feel like that's, if you want a good uh, uh, hedge against inflation, I feel like getting like N64s and like rumble packs for your controllers. That's probably a good bet because they're, they're not making any more of them. And yeah, like you said, there's a lot of nostalgia as, as like people our age get into their careers and start having more money. You're going to see them bid those prices up. That's just my prediction. Didn't uh, the kid that played Anakin in the first movie, didn't he like fall off the deep end after that and like claim yeah. Star Wars yeah, ruined his life? Yeah. Yeah. He kept, because he actually got bullied like by the fans, like after it came out. There <laughs> were, in fact, not just that, but I, I'm pretty sure, I, I'm almost positive there was a New York Times reporter who attacked him personally to attack the kid in a review for Star Wars. And I think uh, uh, like, essentially he just got bullied at school and stuff like that. And then he eventually got arrested for drugs or something. I think it was, Damn. yeah, yeah well, it's so typical of the New York times. Yeah. Par for the course. Do you remember um, what movie was that? I can't remember his name, but he was in that movie. I think it was Jake Lloyd. Yeah. He was in that movie mm-hmm. jingle all the way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. You remember that? Right. Where he's like I, his dad and yeah. it was, it was an okay movie, but um, yeah, yeah, never anything again. He can probably live off those episode one royalties the rest of his life though. He's probably so, fine. I did hear that Hayden Christensen is coming back for the yeah. Obi-Wan series. Yeah, yes. yeah. Because a lot of people hated on him, too. Mm-hmm, they also, right. if you remember, when they released the first DVD edition of the new trilogy, they edited in Hayden Christensen after like the prequels came out. Yeah, oh. yep. As, yeah. At the end scene in Return of the Jedi. Yep. Yes, yep. yep. People were fucking and, mad about that too. Yeah, they were. <laughs> Ace, that's what's cool. You said you have all the VHS tapes. What's Somewhere, cool is you yeah. get to so like yeah, you can watch them all on Disney Plus right now. But 
I think I, I think it's like five or six times George Lucas went back in and then digitally remastered them and that awful cantina scene in oh, Return yeah. of the Jedi. Oh, I just mute it and I just wait. I just close my eyes and do breathing exercises <laughs> for three minutes because it's brutal to get through. Well, you know, he um, changed it again after even after Lucas was gone. He they like they edited the Disney Plus version into something a little bit oh, different now. Yeah, so it's they oh, changed it again recently. Yeah, I, I, I was wondering because. I had the VHS copies too, and I was like, I don't remember this scene. I was like, yeah. I know I was young, but fuck, I don't think my yeah. memory is that your, bad. What's your least favorite um, change uh, that was made, like from the edits, if you can uh, remember? Con shot first. <laughs> the cantina scene's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, it, it's the cantina scene, but I also really, really despise what they did in Return of the Jedi when Vader says no when he kills the Emperor. Do you, do you even know what I'm talking about? Like, he screams no, no, and it's just kind yeah. of, like, clunky. Before, yeah. he didn't say anything. Before that change was made, there was nothing there, but you could still read, like, things, what he was thinking on his mask, and the whole, like, him verbalizing it kind of takes away from the ambiguity, not from the ambiguity, but from just the emotion of the scene. It kind of takes you out of it a little bit. I hate that change so much. Well, and, and that whole thing where everything, like the revisionist thing where I'm going to go back and make it perfect. Like I wish right. I would have done this. It's like, first of all, once it's out there, it's out there, you know, like people have VHSs and it just looks hacky. Like you don't trust, like you don't believe in your work if you go back and do that. Right. And right. it's, it's kind of the same thing with like, if you listen to old classic rock, like from the sixties and seventies, there are imperfections. And the reason there are imperfections is because they would do like live takes and live takes and film was really expensive. Like recording like tapes for actually recording music was expensive. Mm -hmm. So at a certain point they'd say it's good enough. Fuck it. Keep it. So you'd hear things like, you know, fingers sliding on guitar strings and all these little imperfections mm -hmm. and that it's actually pretty cool. It gives it some character. And right. nowadays it's like you have unlimited terabytes of data and they could like edit out the sounds and everything. So it's like, I feel like the same thing with older movies, the fact that they're a little bit cheesy, a little bit hacky, that there's these kind of like bad special effects, right. like you just, you keep that it's part, it's like a, uh, you know, a moment in time. Like you're saying, this is right. what we had to work with back then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's, kind of, it's, it's also like, it, it's, it's also like, you know, kind of insulting because it's like, yeah, you're taking away from the work these people did by retroactively going back and like fixing it, saying that it wasn't good enough back then too. You know what I mean? especially the the vader saying no thing it's yeah, like i it's, didn't catch that i'm like oh like yeah i don't i don't i didn't catch that i wouldn't have remembered but okay, it's kind yeah. of cringy even not knowing yeah yeah, yeah. there and well and that's why there's there's been a growing movement of people that are wanting to buy physical copies of stuff for that reason because they're like you know what if the political landscape changes and they want to edit in all sorts of messaging in in mm -hmm. films and like the whole thing will be totally distorted down right. the road. And I think that's, there's some validity to that. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, Star Wars was out for like, what, like 40 years, but they started editing in these new scenes and everything. Yeah, for a pretty good amount of time. And then it started like right around, the, I think like the prequels, it start, he started going back and editing the original trilogy. Yeah. Damn. Didn't they even do things like add color to lightsabers? Like they used to be kind of hold up nick nick you're buffering we're joined by c3po <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I don't know. You're oh, it's not liking this live stream. Damn, dude, it was good for so long. We should have we should have went we should have went to Pornhub. It probably would have been a better streaming platform. <laughs> Is it back now? Is it okay? Uh it's still buffering a bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me close down some tab here. Yeah, you yeah, you close out of the Pornhub stream tab. <laughs> so ace while nick is buffering have you caught up on the bad batch have you watched i have that? yes yep i'm 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 enjoying it so far i'm i mean i'm still anxiously awaiting a jedi cameo right yeah i i'm just because well okay like after it was announced that clone wars was coming back i was ecstatic so anything that kind of carries on in the tradition of clone wars i'm happy with you know what i mean yeah, like, it doesn't have to like hit all the highs that Clone Wars hit. I'm just sort of happy it's you know it's there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I'm. I I like it, and I you know because I th- I'm curious to see where the storyline's going because mm-hmm. I, I didn't I I didn't read up anything about the Bad Batch outside of seeing them in Clone Wars. Yeah. So I I'm like. This this is it's freestyling for me. Yeah, I think this is like one of the only properties where you literally don't have any idea where it could go. You know what I mean? Because it's just so open ended at the point to this point mm-hmm. where it's just like, yeah, it's it's one of those where you can just speculate forever, and uh, you know, each theory is kind of valid. Yeah, yeah, and I'm also like, I like the the Cad Bane. Yeah, I was so happy with that. <laughs> yeah, Cad Bane. I he was he was an underrated character. Yeah, for sure. Wars. And it it been it's been like I think it's been like ten years since he's actually appeared in a Star Wars thing. Yeah, so that's like great. Yeah, it's great to uh, see him back. Yeah, I, although he sounds different. I don't know if they got someone else like voicing I, him now. I think it's the same person, but I feel like the audio mixing or something was a little different. You know what I mean? Because I, I feel like I do see what you're saying. I I feel like he used to have more of like a gruffness to his voice a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Like it sounded almost like robotic in a, in uh, a rough yeah. way. Right. Yeah. Um, who do you, who do you, Oh, Nick, you might be coming back. You're starting to look clear. Oh, shit. Um, who do you, who do you have as like, uh, like one of your, your favorite characters, but like is kind of under the radar, like underrated. Oh, this is a really good, uh, it's a really good question. Okay. Um, Years ago, I would have said Ahsoka, but Ahsoka is no longer underrated. Uh, right. In the slightest. <laughs> um, honestly, probably the Clone Fives is one of my favorite characters in the entire, not not just the show, but the series. Because I feel like he has such a impactful story uh, with mm-hmm. like how where he goes in the Clone Wars and ultimately almost, almost saves everyone. He almost saves the entire galaxy by mm-hmm. him revealing Order 66 early. And I feel like it's one of those tragic stories that just is like... It's so impactful because he almost saved everyone. So probably, probably fives. Dang, that's a good one. Yeah, five. Five is is definitely flying under the radar. Like most people. Yeah. Are, I. Yeah, he's a he's a good one. Um, I liked uh, Satine. Oh yeah, Satine was great. Of Mandalore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that I, whole story with Obi Wan. I do too, and it like, I think it they did a good job of adding even more of like a human element. Cause I feel like in the, in the prequel films, Obi-Wan is like pretty by the book. I mean, he's a little naive about what, what all is going on, but like, he's, 
they they added a, a new layer to his character. I think oh, that's a hundred percent agreed. Yeah. Like what the Clone Wars does so well is it just takes what you already knew, but it like grows it and reestablishes it and recontextualizes it in the greater like universe, which is like that's the best thing you could want from like a, a sideshow, you know? Yeah. 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 Uh Nick, you're still, still, you're, still you're still a little I, choppy. Opinions on this. You got a. Uh, what do you got? Dial up. <laughs> There's a storm out right now, so I think that's why I'm I'm losing connection. Oh, you sound oh, better. I, I hear you, you guys sound fine. better. Okay, good, good, good. Then then I'll I'll roll with that for now. But uh, on the topic of underrated characters, um, I really like Plo Koon and oh, yeah. the, the, like. They really go into him. Like even as a kid, I thought he just looked the coolest. I'm like, he's got like a weird like. Now I hate masks, but back then I'm like, oh, he's got like a cool mask. <laughs> but but it's just his face. I think it's like a breather. Um, Plo Koon, and then who else? Um, Mace Windu, I would say, even is like an underrated character because they don't really get too much of his backstory or anything. But uh, you know, if you read like even the books, they talk about his fighting style and how he kind of like incorporates the dark side. I feel like the movies really left a lot to explore there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I caught most of that. You started to cut out a little bit at the end, but yeah. And it's, I mean, Samuel Jackson, like he, dude, he's a fucking man. <laughs> like you couldn't cast it any better. I, I love the uh, behind the scenes when he's asking George Lucas to ha- get a purple lightsaber and George's like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't tell him no. Right. Yeah. There was yeah. That, there's a motherfucker involved in there somewhere. <laughs> motherfucker. Um, man, Nick, you're you're cutting out again. Yeah. Mother Nature is not liking the live stream idea. No, no, no. If anything, I now support global warming. <laughs> gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna gonna go dump some gasoline and oil in the grass outside. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just the the entire prequels are like really underrated, like story wise. Like, like I feel like you know, the thing about the prequels, right? Is like I, I think a lot of people don't quite appreciate how well it fits into the OT because that's usually one of the criticisms, right? Is that it feels so disconnected from the original trilogy. But when you look at it from like Anakin's arc, like there's a lot of things that really just make this make Darth Vader better as a character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um uh there's this one there's this great um um explanation about this uh, by dave filoni i don't know if you guys saw it but he, he's talking about the phantom menace right and you know obviously the the musical cue by john williams duel of the fates when darth maul and the phantom menace fights oh, yeah. like on a one's classic 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 um music piece and it, it's titled duel of the fates because the whole point of that like duel is it's deciding the fate of anakin's future right like who will who will actually train Anakin? That that's w- w- apparently what the uh, the song refers to. And when Qui Gon dies, Qui Gon is um, Anakin is kind of was going to take on the role of Anakin's father, right? That's what Qui Gon was to Anakin. And when mm-hmm. when Maul kills Qui Gon, he's left without a father, right? And then he's left with Obi-Wan to train him because Obi-Wan promised to train Anakin. And all the way through this, right, it, it's this refusal. Or it's this um, inability to like have a father figure as a as like a Jedi as like a true master, 
that actually leads Anakin to be corrupted by Sidious. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like from that moment in the prequels, it's like his path is set from there on. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Obi-Wan, I'm going to try to talk here, even though I know it probably sounds shitty, but I feel like Obi-Wan was kind of like the brother role. That yeah. Like forced to be the father. He was, he, he was never, he was immature. He had to take that on. So instead of being a guiding force, he was just kind of like Anakin's friend. Right. And that's what he felt being like the one father figure. That's right. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's like, and it allows Sidious to take on that father role and corrupt Anakin. So, like, the Qui-Gon's death is probably one of the more important um, things in the entire Star Wars timeline. And I don't think people, like, appreciate it enough, right? Because, like, all the way through to the very end of the, like, the, like um, in Return of the Jedi, um, after Anakin has been Vader for years and years, it, it's like, um, when Vader finds, to me, this is the entire moral climax of, uh, the entire emotional climax of the entire Star Wars um, story is when, vader kills palpatine when he saves his son and kills palpatine every the entire the entire story rests on that one moment in my opinion it it see it yep. just everything comes together in that one moment and what what that is is like vader is becoming the father figure he never had in that moment right he mm-hmm. has to choose to become the father that he never had in the form of Qui-Gon and he kills Sidious. And it kind of like, you know, it's like that George Lucas thing, right? It, 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 it rhymes uh, thematically. And it, it, like, once you have that in context, it's like in context, it's like, Oh wow, this all does t- uh, t- connect back together. Yeah. Agreed. It's, it, it definitely ties it all together. And it's like, there's also like a sprinkling of like, everything Anakin did, he thought he was doing to help or, right. or, you know, to save Padme. So it's like the classic road to the road to hell is paved with good intentions too. Right. Right. I, yeah. yeah. I, you know, it, he's that you're right. When, when he loses Qui-Gon as his father figure, like it, it all of his issues from there on out are a result of that, that pivotal yeah. moment. And I, I agree. I think that, if you talk to most fans of the prequels, they probably overlook that moment. They're like, yeah, Qui-Gon died, Darth Maul killed him. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, or that he's just some, like, throwaway character, you know what I mean? Because that's, like, I can see why people would think that, but it's like, he's at, Qui-Gon is, like, the most important, one of the most important characters in the entire prequel trilogy, <laughs> you know, for yeah. the reason that, of all the lost potential, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that they brought Maul back. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Favorite. God, but yeah. at the same time, um, I remember seeing theories where like, what if Ray is Darth Maul's child, which is just like a joke to begin with. But then, if you actually look, I actually made a meme in a Star Wars shit posting group where it shows <laughs> Maul's body cut in half as he's falling down that shaft, mm-hmm. and I drew like where his dick would be, like a little red. <laughs> and I'm like, unless unless Death and Marion's dicks are on their chest, I think that Ray is probably a clear without paternity test because <laughs> it's like they never address that. Like, oh, he's got robotic legs, and it's like. Yeah, but Obi Wan chopped his dick off. In, in essence, <laughs> like he cut the whole thing. So right. I, I dug it. It's like oh, his rage like kept him alive. Like okay, maybe he was like he sort of like cauterized his body. Like could, could make the case because never bleed when they get chopped with a, a lightsaber. So right. I, I right. think it, it's plausible, especially because you know the rules don't apply in Star Wars universe. And he's a different species. 
So I could, I could roll with it, but I'm glad they kept him alive. I thought his death in Rebels was a little anticlimactic. Like, it would have, or not, not anticlimactic, but it would have been cooler if they did that in a live action series. They should have saved that for the Obi-Wan series. Yeah, I actually like Maul's, uh, Maul's death in Rebels person. Like, I like the lightsaber fight. Very, It was very, you know, Kurosawa. Uh, yes. It's very yeah. quick. I, I really appreciated that, actually. I thought it was uh, yes. really well done. It, I, I wish they would have had Ewan McGregor do it. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. Know, like in, but I get it. They could. They had to like, fit it into the series. Right. Um, speaking of, of the Obi-Wan series, um, you know, my wife and I actually watched, um, what's it called? Because I love Ewan McGregor, but we watched, uh, what's the movie? Um, Doctor Sleep, which is the oh, sequel yeah. to The Shining. And he's mm-hmm. great in that. Like, the guy is just a, a phenomenal actor all around. But um, I, I really hope that the Obi-Wan series lives expectations because I have high expectations for it with Filoni at the wheel. So um, I would say 2022 that's coming out. 2022 or some, yeah. I, yeah, I really I'm hope they do like some type of flat Clone Wars flashback uh, in that show. Yes. That's, yes. Yeah. So they, they did say that um, they were teasing that him and Anakin meet again. Right, right. And not just Darth Vader, they said Anakin, I think. So that's, uh, yeah. yeah. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this because in A New Hope, Vader says, I feel a presence I haven't felt since. And then he's like, oh, you lived. But they don't talk about, like, oh, since Mustafar or whatever. They just kind of leave it open-ended. You wonder if they do have some run-in. Like, you know, Mustafar wasn't the last time they met. And then Vader right. thought he was dead. Because he said, like, oh, he lives or whatever. Like, and and Obi-Wan also says, like, he's more of a machine now than man. But how did Obi-Wan know exactly that Anakin did survive after Mustafar? You know what I mean? How do you know he, you know what I mean? There's a lot there that you could definitely, like, add on to. Yeah, because nobody knew that um, Anakin was Vader. Nobody knew that they were the same guy. Like, uh, that's one thing the uh, the Vader comics, I, I, like, I don't read them, but mm-hmm. I follow uh, Star Wars theory as, like, a good, yeah. like, animation or illustration of it where he, like, goes over them. And uh, the, the story of, like, Vader right after it happens are really good. Like, the, that story, oh, yeah. like, again, they could have been more live action, which they could still do. But there's there's a lot of good stuff there. Like Anakin or Vader takes on like a clone battalion, and they like attack yep. him, and he just just lays waste to them. And yeah, uh, it, it really does Vader justice. Yeah, there's like a 25 issue Darth Vader comic by Charles Soule that is just fantastic. I, I recommend everyone Ooh. if you haven't read it, uh, you should read it. Or if you don't, if you can't read it, just uh, watch them online. There's a lot of good like narrations out there that go through them, and they're really good. I, I I'll read that. Yeah, I actually I read uh, the Ahsoka novel. Yeah, and I I thought that was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I I plowed through that book in like three days. Oh like, yeah, I was like, all right, I'm just gonna read a few, you know ten fifteen pages before bed, and then the next thing I know, I'm up to like one a.m. on a work night. Like, oh fuck, <laughs> right. here I am. <laughs> See, this is what I love, too, about talking about this. And whoever is watching this stream is who's in the Blue Star Wars fan. But I, I feel like uh, one of the things that's cooler about our generation is you can be more open about your fucking nerdy interests. <laughs> and uh, and there's there's a lot more, like, you know, the market provides. Like, people, there's there's a lot there. And, uh, and yeah, especially when you're talking about, like, the comics and stuff. Like, why would you... People that are, like, oh, watching Star Wars, it's fucking gay... And it's like, dude, there's so much like 
like just interesting stuff that you can just kind of get yeah. lost in. And, and like we were talking about before, like those, those, uh, themes like the, uh, the hero's journey and whatnot yeah, yeah. are, uh, are pivotal. And by the way, we got a few more comments here. Um, we see Seth says my favorite part of star Wars was when they voted Palpatine out of office and had a peaceful transition of power. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, James says, did y'all hear Mark and Rumzo talking about the hero's journey versus the victim's journey on lines of Liberty? It's the difference between good epic fiction and terrible epic fiction. Race is a victim's journey. Um, I, oh, I heard, I saw somebody post about that. I did want to, I did want to check that out because that's right up my alley. Um, and then James said, Ace is a droid. And then he meant Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Seth yeah. just says no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, because we're we have a, a few more minutes left. We're gonna do a solid hour. But okay, do you guys believe in the Mandela effect of Luke, I am your father, or no, I am your father? Because to me, it was always Luke until a couple of years ago. But then again, that's just what people say in like pop culture references, and I don't really remember. I'd be lying if I said I yeah. did. I, I don't know if I, I I believe in the Mandela effect. I do think it's possible that it's just those you know those memories get shifted around like, like it's like a game of telephone. You know what I mean? Like you hear yes. you hear other people say it, and that's kind of what you associate with other. It's like someone else says it wrong, and then the other you hear it then, and you're like, oh, that's how it's always been said. You know what I mean? Uh, so I don't know, but I, I I'm more inclined towards it's just like a game of telephone. I'm not basing my worldview on this, but it's fun to think about. It's fun to like keep mm-hmm. the door completely open. But uh, and then that's being some people say that's the main buffer. I mean, honestly, it's not Nick, you're you're buffering real yeah. bad now. I heard three PO's leg. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So three PO, this is one that I I've always found a little weird because I don't remember three PO's leg in a New Hope being silver, but it is like one of his leg. One of his uh, legs is silver. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Shit, I I don't remember that either. Yeah, it, it was something where it's like, huh? Okay, that's actually the weirdest one to me <laughs> because yeah. I don't remember that being the, the case, but it is apparently. So yeah, yeah. Shit, now I'm gonna have to rewatch it for like the hundredth time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just to just to pay attention. Yeah, to that. it's his right. It's, I think it's like his right foot. I think is silver, hmm. or the bottom part of his leg. Yeah, yeah. So that that is definitely weird. Yeah, that is weird. I'm I'm trying to think of some other Easter eggs like that that I didn't notice. I mean, there's there's the obvious one, like at the end of the uh, newest of the new last film, you know, the Last mm-hmm. Jedi, where they you hear like ahsoka and oh the rise um, of skywalker yeah the rise of skywalker sorry um you know they're all talking to ray that was that was a that was my like i don't like that movie but that was my favorite part of the movie you know what i yeah. mean <laughs> it, it was like one of the the few redeeming qualities about that <laughs> right film. yeah 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 that was great yeah. that was great they could have saved Hopefully. it with a cameo by ahsoka I honestly, I was really expecting like when that moment happened, all the force ghosts to like be behind her when she stood up, that would have been great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All the voices actually like materialized. That would have been, uh, you know, something, uh, something pretty special. Also, um, you know, going back to um, this, is I'm sorry, I'm going to derail for a second. Um, 
something I just thought about actually is like, you know how in the prequels, the whole Jedi, and this is kind of like the whole thing about, you know, you shouldn't just because the Jedi are supposed to be heroes, quote unquote, you shouldn't believe everything they say or trust everything they say in the prequels as this is what it's supposed to be like. You know how the, the Jedi have this very like um, Buddhist mentality that, you know, they, the only way to achieve peace is to get rid of all type of passion or emotion. So you can't feel love, hate, you know, any of this. Right. And, and like in the prequels, it seems that, their viewpoint has been redeemed by the end because Anakin's attachment is what led him to become Darth Vader in some sense, right? His uh, refusal, his attachment. But, you know, I always think this is pretty interesting is that it's Anakin's attachment to Luke that actually saves everyone in the end. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like his attachment, his love for uh, his son is actually what, ultimately stops Palpatine. So that's actually in some sense, a refutation of the Jedi's own code. And I've always thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, well, and the whole thing, with, uh, Jedi, it's like, they're almost like first class where they're captain and, and have relationships. And, and then they kind of talk about how that was an error. Like it, it shouldn't have, put these like, rigid restrictions and dogmas in the Jedi were like that was part of the reason they were blind is they were so dogmatic. And uh, and then it's like you know, in Rebels like Kanan Jarrus has mm-hmm. has yeah. a romance. Yeah. Kind of, like, just, just kind of like disregard that rule moving forward. That was one of the, the, the bad things or unnecessary things. Right, right. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Cause so because when Kanan yeah, they did do that little flash forward, didn't they? Where they had a baby. Yeah, yeah, they yep. did. What? What is there any backstory there? Like what happens? Uh, no, that's wide open. Apparently, all, yeah. all, all I know, lore wise, is that Hera um, appears in the Star Wars Squadrons game. Apparently, like into like after Rebels, post Rebels. So in that yeah. game, she's she's a character. Um, I don't know. They they haven't touched that her story any further though, or like what happens with uh, her son. Wonder if they're gonna tie that in at all in like the Ahsoka series. I would imagine it, that probably would get touched a little bit. Yeah, you you would think because especially if if they're planning on involving Ezra and right, right. and is it Bo Katan? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sabine, Sabine, and or Sabine. Uh, yeah, yeah, and Thrawn. Yeah. You'd think that they have to touch on. Yeah, that. they just yeah, left that just wide open. Of course, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. So uh, on Thrones, I really like. I can't. Yeah, I love Thrones so much. <laughs> he's just like he's like, like a of honor. You know, he's not necessarily a dick. He's like a gentleman. Like, strategist. Yeah, he's and like, like, like the ultimate Machiavellian. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. very into, like, he'll take like a conquer like something understand really it's really good. And I hope they do more with him. I know they wrote like, a couple novels that are based around him. So and there's so many characters from all of the animated series and comics and games that I wanna see in my action. And there's like a whole uh old public like the that came out as a kid. The Knights of the Old Republic RPG games are just some of the best Star Wars content that's ever been released. They're fantastic. If, if anyone listening has not played those, you need to. They're fantastic. Like just lore, even if you just go in for the lore alone, it's it's great. I don't know if I I don't know if I played those. Oh, dude, you need to. Maybe. Like 
lore-wise, KOTOR 1 and 2 are just fantastic, especially 2. 2 is one of my all-time favorite games. Hmm. I I don't know if I did. Oh, man. I've, yeah, you got to. I'm missing out. All right. Yeah. I'm they're fired. Like ten, they're, like, they're like 10. <laughs> both of them are like $10 on Steam, I think. So they're uh, oh. pretty cheap. Yeah. Okay. They, they came out right, like yeah, 2004 or 5. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's what was I well, doing? The, the, we're, we're coming up on nine minutes here. I think we would be cool if we did like a breakdown of each movie and these would be sporadically released, you know, like November, December, although we look four, five, six, one, two, three, and then you know, sequels and then, uh, then shows and everything. I think that would be like more of a narrow focus. That would be kind of fun to like go in depth. Uh, okay, yeah. So, so I, I think I caught most of that. Um, uh, do you want to like go like touch on those movies, or do you want to like rank them? I, I it was a little hard to hear you. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. The Nick, storm Nick you were you're talking like R two D two. I don't speak droid. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll remain quiet for the last few minutes. Are we are we talking ranking the films? Yes, yeah, we can rank we want, but just go into each one. Oh, like, um, do you mean like rank one out of ten, like one out of ten, or do you mean like rank order, like in an ordered fashion? Like this one is first, second. I was thinking like we could do it by release date, like four, oh, five, six, one, okay. two, three. Sorry, my internet, the storm it's is better still now. fucking. It's better yeah, now. Yeah, you, okay. yeah, you sound good now. Yeah, it's yeah. sporadic, but yeah, this is uh, it's a little frustrating. I'll be better prepared next time. Usually, my internet is fantastic, so I didn't think this would be an issue. Oh, there, yeah, no. Now I see. Now the now the little low bar is gone. So now I'm back. Yeah, you're good after missing twenty minutes. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, no. So I think it would be fun to do like. Yeah, we do like all about a new hope, uh, Empire Strikes Back, like go in and go through like each one and talk about like, you know, the politics of it, but then also just the general commentary. Because uh I feel like trying to have a one hour live stream talking about all of them, it's like we're just kind of like feeling where everybody's at with like how they view it. But uh I feel like there's so much depth to get into that it would be fun to actually go like into each one. Do like a like a half hour on each one or something. Yeah, I mean, for I sure. I'd be down with that. Yeah. I mean, I The Empire Strikes Back is always going to be my favorite. Yeah. Personal opinion. I I go back and forth of the original trilogy, I go back and forth because it's like there's things I love from all of them, so it's really hard for me to decide. I think overall Empire is probably the best made of all mm-hmm. of all three. Um I still think my favorite moment in all of Star Wars is probably the end of Return of the Jedi and Luke versus Vader. Because I feel like everything culminates in that moment. Yeah. See, I can't I've I've thought about this too. I if you told me to like rank the original trilogy like best, second best, third best, because there's no worst in those three films, but I couldn't do it. Like I, I recently rewatched <clears throat> I rewatched A New Hope and Empire. And I can't pick between the two. Like a new hope is beautiful because it introduces you to everything. And then also it's a self-contained story. Like they didn't know that they were going to make a sequel when they made that movie. So there's like just all this unknown lore out there, but just by itself as a standalone film, it's, it's fantastic. And I have a a serious, um, (laughs) a quick story before we end here. Um, Empire or sorry, revenge of the Sith comes out when I'm in fifth grade, 2005, And it was released right around the time of my birthday. So like for my birthday party, like me and my friends went to see it in theaters. But before that, my brothers who were in high school at the time, 
They had one friend who would like burn DVDs and pirate movies offline. And somehow I have no idea how he did it back then, but I got a copy, a DVD of revenge of the Sith, like a week before it was released in theaters. And I remember watching that. Oh, I remember watching it in my basement, like knowing that this was bad and wrong, but I was like indulging, (laughs) like it was the dark side. But then again, we probably don't believe in intellectual property. So I mean, (laughs) fuck it, you know, and then they got my money anyway. I've given enough money to that franchise over time, (laughs) but True. But yeah, no, that, that was a, that was a great time. But to me, revenge of the Sith, I think might be my number one overall. There's just so much. The action overall, is unbelievable. Yeah, it's yeah. It's tough to say. I mean, it's right. hard to knock the OT cause they're, they're beautiful pieces of art, just like standalone on their right. own. But, and I mean, it's, you have to pay homage to like what started it and they're, they're just fun, entertaining right. movies. They hold up to this day, you know, without all of the retroactive, yeah. you know, edits, and, but yeah, like for it, oh god, this is so hard because like I think about this a lot and it always changes for me. But I I do think out the prequels, I think Revenge of the Sith is my favorite. Although I do have an underrated, I do have a love, and it's uh, I think Phantom Menace is still an underrated movie. That yes, people do yeah. not give enough credit to. Yeah, they shit on it all the time, and I'm like, yeah. the Phantom Menace is like it. It shows like what starts this whole thing, like a trade dispute. Which I, I remember watching some video where they were saying like okay, so this is actually an act of aggression by the Republic. Like you have to go talk about like tax policy and you send two warriors like armed to the teeth, like that they know they could just fuck up everybody. It's like, you know, sent as diplomats, but really they're like assassins. Right. Right. It's true. Yeah. Diplomacy. They're not politicians. (laughs) They just, they skip that and they sent the militants in. Yeah. Yeah. They're the, I feel like mm. like I, I I understand the criticisms of Jar Jar, but I feel like if you just ignore Jar Jar in that movie, there's actually a lot of really interesting stuff in Phantom Menace that people kind of overlook. And I mean, the duel is just you know fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's the I think it's the best one next to yeah. Anakin Obi Wan. Um, I feel like the OT really lacked in that department, but they just didn't have like the they better didn't... stunts and effects and everything. Well, I read something too about uh, the guy that played vader or the stunt double like the costume was really Mm -hmm. cumbersome and they just they couldn't like they they couldn't they couldn't choreograph like really badass fight scenes and i think that's what makes like rogue one so awesome because it's like what vader like that's like he was this bad motherfucker and like was truly like terrifying and i think they really did a good job capturing yeah and i feel like the ot in defense of like the ot duels though i do i do think like the encompass um encapsulate a lot of like emotion behind the duel you know what i mean like yeah like the, yeah like, like the emotion is almost more important than the actual physics of the lightsaber duel itself like the mm-hmm. why they're doing it, why they're fighting in the first place and they really nailed that in the ot a lot yeah especially like you mentioned it before uh luke versus vader like when he's like hacking at him at the yes. end it's like you see this yeah. rage in his eyes and it's like that is good acting i mean that's right and people people knock a lot of the acting in the star wars movies but and then going back to revenge of the sith to this day i think that like the best acting in star wars and like honestly just some of the best acting i've ever seen is the scene where they're going to arrest Palpatine and Anakin is like sitting on his hands and he like stares over Coruscant and he has like his, like you see the tear coming down his eye and it's like, he realizes what he's about to get himself into. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and then Padme is looking and it's like, Oh, this is good shit. This is like, this is just raw emotion. Just capturing it. It's beautiful. 
Right. And also, you know, that moment with like Luke and Vader, that's, that's a great, it's just a great scene. I think it's my favorite scene in the entire series. So I talk about it a lot, but it's like, Oh, at the that, end where he takes his mask off. Uh, oh, uh, with, with, with that. And it's also the one just where after he's like, uh, just attacking Vader on the ground and then he like yeah. turns around to Palpatine and he throws his lightsaber away and he says, no, there's like, there's nothing you can do. I won't fight you. Um, I love my father and there's nothing you can do to change it. Right. That, yeah, and then yeah. that's like the old, that's Luke's crescendo, right? That's the pinnacle of his character arc right there. And yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He throws his lightsaber and says he's not for sale. And then, yeah, um, that, that whole scene is so great. And then, you know, apparently Palpatine survived through being thrown I down a shaft that exploded. It. <laughs> I hate it so much. I hate it I so much, man. It, it you ruins know so much of that for me. I, yeah. I think if I was like gonna introduce someone to Star Wars that had never seen it, I just tell them don't even fucking watch the newest trilogy. Yeah, no, don't, I don't even fucking bother. It'll ruin everything that is. Everything was so well done for the most part, right. and then you just get that heaping pile of trash. And I, I will say because a lot of the criticisms will get in response to that, like they'll talk about Luke's arc in particular. They'll say, "Well, you just don't want you just wanted Luke to be this you know perfect character." And it's like, look, for me, I'm fine with Luke having a character arc where he seems defeated. You know what I mean? I think that's a pretty interesting story. I, what mm-hmm. I don't like is the fact that they completely nullified his character arc in the past where it's like, okay, he has no students. His Jedi order is completely gone. And it's just like, you know, that's that, that you, you've robbed something in order uh, for us to get this character arc. That's the problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, if he yeah. had still had his order, if he still had students, you know, I would be like, okay, this, I, I'm fine with, you know, Luke having like some type of midlife crisis here. You know what I mean? I, I think that would have been fine. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or just some sort of stumbling block where he loses his way or he becomes right. arrogant or something. Instead and, of losing you know, the entire point of his whole character arc in the OT. <laughs> yeah. You know, like Marvel did something similar with Thor. Where it's like, uh, you know, he loses everything and mm-hmm. then, like, redeems himself in Infinity War and then it becomes a punchline in Endgame. That irked me the wrong way. That, yeah, I did not like that. I agree. But yeah. then it's like, Luke is okay. So it's like he's a naive little kid. He's kind of a whiny little bitch. And then he becomes, like, battle hardened. And then he's, like, this wise badass in Return of the Jedi. Right. And it's like, and then what? Then he goes back to being a hermit and a whiny little bitch, like, right. years yeah. later. Just the whole thing, man. And I will say he was but, a bad motherfucker in the season two finale of The Mandalorian. Oh, though. yeah. That, oh, that was, was so good. That was yeah. great. And I know there are some plot holes, I guess. But, but I, I mean, honestly, if you don't think about it too much, it's fine. <laughs> like it's, it's like, just enjoy it. It's a great scene. I will say that I, I was really happy after that because it's like, okay, given what given we know how Luke's story ends ultimately – that the very least what they can do in some sense is kind of make Grogu uh, Luke's student. You know what? I can take some type of solace in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they, yeah so I, I feel like I, I can be, I can be okay with that. Yeah. 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 Well, um, anyway, anyway, guys, we're a little over time here. So uh, if we want to wrap, AC, you want to tell people where to find you? Uh, sure. Um, so I don't usually talk about Star Wars on Twitter, but, you know, I, I, I may start. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Twitter at Ace underscore Arcist, and I co-host the podcast Slurp Gang, which is uh, nothing like this, and <laughs> it's much worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, no. Uh, all jokes aside, it's just me and uh, my co-host Conarchist and uh, Jay, uh, and we talk about just whatever we want to talk about. So, yeah, you can find me there. Love it. All right. Thanks so much for inviting me on, guys. This was yeah. great. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to. That's not anarchist. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to do this again. We'll... Absolutely. Yeah. 
This is this is a, a good primer. We didn't get roasted too hard in the live chat. So <laughs> outside of Nick well, speaking droid. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And uh, follow Tyler at Schlitz underscore beer, and then follow me slash Mike at Paul's uh, to the wall with a Z at the end. And uh, yeah, all right, guys, we'll, we'll do this again soon. Peace.